All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are here with another episode of The Authority Project, and I am here with my new good friend, Bruno Signaco. He is here, he says, to help us discover the art of compassionate business. Is that right, Bruno? That's right. Thank you very much. Well, we shall see. We shall see what he can do for us today on this incredible episode of The Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, and we are back. I am Brian S. Arnold. We are back on the virtual stage to help you, a project, slap authority to your name so you can sell more of what you're great at. And we have Bruno here on the stage, the virtual stage with me. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you, Brian, for your invite. You are very general. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm excited to have you here. And I'm ready to dive into this passion, art of passionate, compassionate business um, kind of thing. This is a very important topic. We will talk about this today. Awesome. Awesome. So before we dive in, please tell us, Bruno, who you are personally and then professionally. Okay, thank you for the question. I'm Dr. Bruno Signaco. I'm based in London, UK. I'm a researcher on, on compassionate business for many years. I'm also a consultant on international business and compassionate business. I'm a university professor on different topics like business and ethics and other topics, marketing modules. I'm also a researcher on marketing, international marketing, and also I'm a international speaker and well-known author. My new book is titled The Art of Compassionate Business. That is the result of three-year research process on how companies can be profitable and also human-oriented. I love it. That's awesome, man. So tell us, what is your current project that you're working on at the moment? I'm, I'm delivering some consultancy training, for example, for companies on co compassionate customer service. So how can you be, for example... I want companies to answer this question through this training, how they can be much more profitable, but at the same time, trying to add value to customers. So we see many companies that try to manipulate customers into some selling some products, or they can to, for example, force customers to buy products that are not suitable for them. And in this training, for example, we teach companies how to discover customer needs, how to build long-term relationship with customers, how to develop win-win agreement with customers, how to obtain some reviews from customers, recommendation, positive recommendation, positive word of mouth from customers. This is very important because customers, when they are, their needs are satisfied, they become silent ambassadors. They represent the company's brand, they represent the company's products, and they attract new customers. This happens when the company is treating customers in a compassionate way. This means when they try to under promise means they keep their promises uh, reasonable, but they over deliver. This means that they bring this customer more more uh, quality, better prices, uh, much better performance. 
So, and you see many companies that are acting in an opposite way. They try to overpromise, they try to exaggerate their, their offerings, and they try to underdeliver. This is an example of companies that are non-compassionate. So this is one of the training um, seminars that we have for companies. Another training seminar is, for example, how to, to develop much more uh, cooperative teams. You see that in many companies, Many of the people working for that company act in a competitive way. They try to outpace one another. They try to take all the merit for the projects. And this is not a good environment. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of research, for example, that teams that are acting in a compassionate way that support one another tend to bring about higher employee satisfaction, higher customer satisfaction, lower employee turnover, lower employee absenteeism, and lower stress level. And this impact positively on the bottom line. So being compassionate, this means being supportive, being grateful, being generous in business, bring about profits. Instead, when you focus only on key performance indicators such as profitability, productivity, efficiency, and you dismiss the relationship with different stakeholders such as customers, employees, community members, yeah. and business partners, you tend to uh, reduce your performance, your, your indicators tend to go down. Why? because we have to understand that these indicators are always the natural result of the interaction between a company and its stakeholders. In simple words, I want the listener to understand this. You cannot succeed in business without people. We, we cannot succeed without the human being. And many companies only focus on quantitative aspects of business, profit, market share, sales, which are important, but they dismiss the relationships, which are the most important factor in any business activity. I want to spread the word, and it's important for companies to focus more on building long-term relationships with different stakeholders, with employees, with customers, and other stakeholders, instead of focusing so much on profit market share. Because when you build solid and robust relationship with the stakeholders, this indicator, profit market share, and others tend to um, unfold naturally. Yeah. yeah. So, so Bruno. This all sounds great, right? It all sounds great, but how do you get? You know, I'm 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 glad, glad you're, just, you're just diving right in there. <laughs> you're diving right in there to the to the to the topic here. So, how do you get an entire staff on board with this line of thinking? I mean, most of most of, when you think about this, you know, the mid size to a major organization, uh, maybe like I don't know what would be talking to a hundred to maybe five hundred maybe. Most of the people on their staff, you know, they're just just doing their job. Some people, you're talking about customer service. You know, customer service can be very very stressful in and of itself, depending on how many call, calls they're getting in, and the, the the clients that are calling in with with their issues and so forth. How do you get to this level of what you're saying, where we're we're all compassionate and you know, how do we get there? How do we get to that to that type of culture? Very very important, very important question. Well, it's not difficult. But also we have to get some examples. Someone has to start within a company. It's good to start from the top management level. So the leaders, the CEO, CFO, giving the example. You see many leaders that are behaving in a non-compassionate way. They try to manipulate their, their subordinate. They try to, for example, make people overwork. They try to exploit employees. This is not an example. When, when employees see that the leaders are not behaving in a compassionate way, they will set this as an example to emulate, a negative example. So leaders should take the lead. This means start behaving in a much more compassionate way. It means acknowledging, for example, 
employees contribution. How you can acknowledge this? Not only paying a bonus for this employee when they overwork, when they work overtime, but also, for example, writing a very simple thank you note. Thank you note for their contribution, handwritten and hand signed when possible, or celebrating an event to, for this employee to obviously be acknowledged publicly or a virtual event now during this pandemic. But also, employees can also contribute on their own to, to develop this compassionate uh, environment. How? For example, being more supportive, more generous. Why this is so important? Because when you start from your own role, your own position as an employee, you bring about positive ripple effects. Why? Because there is a very simple social psychology principle that is called the law of reciprocity. And mm -hmm. I want to describe this in a very simple way. When you treat others in a compassionate way, they tend to reciprocate. They tend to act alike. They tend to treat you also in a compassionate way. When you treat others in a manipulative way or in a, in a non-compassionate way, they also tend to reciprocate. They tend to act in a non-compassionate way. They tend to withdraw. They tend not to cooperate. So this means everyone should start from the from where they are. So it could be if you are a subordinate or low level in this company, in hierarchy, you start there. If you are the leader, you have a much more important role because you are setting the example for the whole company. But when you start, you are bringing about positive result just there immediately. Why? Because when you're treating people in a supported, caring way, they cannot act but alike because this is the human nature. Yeah. They, if you treat people in a very kind way, caring way, you care for them without looking for any uh, uh, side objectives, uh, without trying to manipulate them, people feel that you are acting in an authentic way and they tend to reciprocate. The same happens when you treat people in a hateful way, in a, for example, negative way, deprecating them, criticizing them harshly. Well, people will withdraw or will uh, feel attacked and they will also try to act in an aggressive way. Many work environments are full of fear. And I want to say this very clearly. They are fear-based. And for the reason, people hate working there. They are fearful, employees are fearful of being fired. They are fearful of making mistakes and being mm -hmm. penalized or punished. Yeah. They are fearful of being their role to be like a, a outplaced by others. They are fearful of a, making like a, being ridiculous or looking like a silly when, when trying new ideas. And this is not a good place to work. Why? Because when you feel fear, your discerning skills tend to be impaired. You cannot think creatively. You cannot think productively. This is an example of non-compassionate work environment. And this, when this is fostered, when the, 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 the employees are fostering this environment of fear, the, the, the boss and the managers and the CEOs are fostering this environment, employees lack a, what we call psychological safety. I mean, they don't feel at ease. Yeah. They don't feel like a tranquil, they don't feel like they, they can express themselves, they feel like constrained, they feel tense, they feel stressed in some cases, this brings about burnout. And so yeah. this lower productivity, this lower competitiveness, all these indicators go down. And in some cases, some employees start becoming absent. They, they don't go to work because they don't feel comfortable. And this also creates a much higher turnover rate. So not good. Instead, the opposite happens. When employees are allowed to express their views, when employees' voice is acknowledged, 
and is considered not only for a small decision, but for big decision. When employees are not micromanaged, yeah. how many companies you see that are micro? They treat employees like children. You can do this, you cannot do this. Instead of giving general guidelines and allowing employees use their discerning and creative skill to do the work in the best way that they can, they are micromanaging, they are setting every single step. In some cases, employee cannot act without authorization. Not good. Why? Because employees feel constrained, they don't feel authentic, they feel like a, they are a cog in the organizational machinery. So, yeah. So, so Bruno, Bruno yes. so, so, how, so how do we, because I, I understand that, that feeling and emotion that some people get, you know, they're afraid that they're losing their jobs and so forth, but there still has to be some, some kind of performance. Um, yes, I understand. Performance I understand. that has to be adhered to. So, so how, how do you balance that out where you're saying, you know, that person is not performing well, or maybe the is our performance, you know, you know, initiative, you know, fair for that employee. How, how do you balance that out yeah. with, so that, with that? If the employee is not performing well, you can you can provide this employee with constructive criticism. I'm not against criticism. Yeah. I'm against harsh criticism, negative okay. criticism. When you provide, I have in the in my book, I have a whole chapter about constructive criticism. What is constructive criticism? First of all, when you provide with criticism in a constructive way, in a compassionate way, you understand that employees do not only make mistakes, they do things correctly. So you should start the conversation when you're providing feedback to this employee with the thing that the employee did well in the past. So you start with the positive. Yeah. You say, oh, thank you for your contribution in the previous projects such as this, this, this. Your contribution was of value because of this. You acknowledge their contribution. You acknowledge their value because employees want to feel value. They want to feel acknowledged. Then you comment about the things that not, are not so well, but you focus, instead of focusing on the mistake itself, you focus on how they can improve. You are focused on the change that can be introduced. So you can say, this thing that you performed recently can be improved in that way and that way and that way in the future. So I want you to please pay attention to this. And also you provide employees with support. This means I want you to I want to help you to perform better in the in the future. I can provide you with coaching session, or I can provide you with some mentoring, or I can provide you with some, for example, on the job training. Yeah. So you try to guide this employee and enhance their skills. And also you have to also to acknowledge their natural capabilities. When you're providing with feedback, you can say, you know, I know that from your experience, you have this capability and this talent and this this also too. We can connect your talents to future projects in this way and this way. I can help you. I can, for example, introduce you in a, into a team so that you can learn more about this and you can enhance your skills. Employees want to feel that they're contributing to the mission in a meaningful way. Right. And you were talking about the indicator. You say, oh, it's important. We focus on the relationship, but the performance is important. We have to understand that performance is brought about by people. Performance doesn't come out of the blue, come from okay. people. Yeah. So when you treat the, the building brick of any business activities, people, I'm talking about probably common sense and commonplace. <laughs> but we don't care for people, the human being that is the most important asset in any company. Why employees are so important? Because they're resources that generate other resources. Employees generate new products. Employees generate new services. Employees generate new ideas. Employees generate new markets. Employees serve customers. Their interface between the company and different stakeholders. 
if we do not care for the most important asset, who will care for them? So I was saying that when you nurture this relationship with employees, not only with employees, with customer, with suppliers, with community members and other stakeholders, for example, yeah. business partners, this indicator, for example, such as performance, competitiveness, productivity, quality levels, profitability, and others, tend to improve naturally because these indicators come from people, come from the interaction between people. And we have to understand a very important point. I like your question. It was very insightful. No company can succeed by itself. Company yeah. need people to succeed. I want to paraphrase a famous philosopher that observed, no man is an island. I want to say, no company is an island. Company to succeed, to thrive, need the support from employees, from customers, from community members, from business partners. So when you nurture this relationship with all these stakeholders, nurture means acknowledging their needs, looking for only win-win agreements, looking for long-term relationship, not only one transaction off, one off transaction. Uh, when you nurture this relationship, we strengthen and brighten this relationship, these indicators tend to improve naturally, organically. Instead, when you focus on the indicators only, what we call, for example, the bottom line profit, you right. tend to dismiss relationships. Yeah. Am I clear? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I love everything you're just saying right now, Bruno. So this is so good. So how do you get into this point where we where we framing the culture now in your in your company? How does this equate to more profits? Or is that the main goal in this whole thing? Well, uh, if you focus on profit only, this is a very incomplete view on business. We call this the bottom line. Right. I would like to use a much more expanded model, expansive model, what we call the triple bottom line. You should care for profit, which are very important. Profit are not only for company survival, but for company success. We saw that it's one of the most important indicators that especially shareholders will look for. But also the bottom line, that is a very incomplete model, is used by many companies. I, I suggest a much more insightful model that is called triple bottom line. You care for profits, which are very important. You yeah. care also for people, people like customers, suppliers, employee, community members that are the building bricks of any business activity. I give you an example. If you treat employees in a compassionate way, in a, in a very caring way, these employees will tend to go the extra mile. They will tend to work in an unconditional way. In some cases, they might work over time without getting tired. Instead, when you treat employees like a, in a very negative way, not to say any four-letter word, when you deprecate employees and these employees are not feeling acknowledged, they don't feel valued, this employee not only will work by the book, but will try to switch from this company to other organizations. The same happens with customer. When you try to manipulate customer, you are being non-compassionate with customer, this customer will look for other options, other products, other uh, competing services. Instead, when you treat them in a loving way, this customer will recommend your company, will love your product and services, and even will, will bring more customers uh, to your company. This applies to all stakeholders. So caring for profit, caring for people, and the third part of the triple bottom line is caring for the planet. You mm. see many companies that treat customers well, treat employees well, are profitable, but then they pollute the environment. They, they use uh, non-renewable sources of energy. In some cases, they throw waste in, in their, into the rivers or the, into the sea, or they use materials that are uh, not, uh, uh, for example, recyclable. So we have to care for the world. I feel that something that was taught by the pandemic is that when human beings 
are not interacting in a negative way with the environment, with the ecosystem, the nature is very wise and tend to recover itself. The environment get cleaner. The, the, the Obviously, the sea water get much cleaner. Why? Because companies, many companies, non-compassionate companies, tend to pollute the environment, tend to use a material that are not recyclable, and this is not complying with the triple bottom line. So, to summarize, caring for profits, very important. Caring for people, equally important, and caring for the planet. So, this will be the triple bottom line. When companies do this, we have example of companies that are doing this, like Whole Foods or Patagonia. These companies, they're not only profitable. They have a very important human orientation. Mm. They have a very good brand image. Employees love to work there, and they are a natural magnet to attracting a new talent. And customers love this company because they're not only buying good products, but also they're contributing directly to the improvement of the environment. Great stuff, man. So so this is... This is... I, I I love I love this whole thing. So I want to I want to get into the point where we're implementing this with a company okay. that you intend to work with. All right. So what is what what does your sales pitch look like? And I mean you you don't say like you know well, I'm here to teach you guys how to how to love and be compassionate toward each other. You know how how does that how does that come off to a company where you where you're starting to fix trying to trying to help them get into this new culture? What do well, you say so- from the beginning? Well, for example, I give a lot of talks. So I give a lot of talks, uh, and some companies uh, attend, represent the attendees' talks. I don't like the word selling. You know what? Because selling has a very negative connotation. I like much more the word serving. Because when you are selling, if you talk about selling from the traditional perspective, you are thinking more about yourself, your company. You don't care so much about a customer because when you are focusing only on selling, yeah. From the from the traditional perspective, you tend to use scripts. Many companies use a script. They read a script to customer. Some mechanical doesn't sound authentic. In some cases, companies use hackerism strategy, which means that they try to sell the most expensive products to get the higher commission, the higher profit. This is not thinking about customer. I like much more the word serving and connecting to customer. Serving means adding value to customer. Customer have a problem. You know that you have a pro- product or a service that could bring about some solution to this problem. Well, what you're doing is you're connecting your own knowledge with the knowledge that customers have about their own needs. And that there should be a match there or not. In some cases, there is no match. You offer a product or service that is not valuable for this customer, and you have to let this customer go. Many companies try to retain customer. I don't like for retention. Retention mm-hmm. means that you're keeping someone by force. And the, how they try to retain with fine print in the contracts, manipulation, offering products that are not suitable for them. In some cases, forcing them to 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 buy a product that then a customer gets regretful. And you have to make customer feel at ease. I like to talk about a very important um, uh, motto mentioned by the famous management guru Tom Peters. Tom Peters observed that you have to always, always under promise and over deliver under promise means that you have to be humble with your offerings you don't have to exaggerate you don't want to fantasize promising things that you cannot deliver so you have to be acting with integrity this means humble authentic and truthful and also try to under promise and over deliver over deliver means that you try to give more than the customer expect what do i mean here for example, if you are selling a computer to this customer, offering a computer, 
you can provide this customer with uh, free training, for example, free computing training or free coding training. Why? Because you are adding value. You are not only selling the computer, you are uh, allowing customers to use the computer in the best way. Yeah. Many companies will go only to the basic need, to meet the basic needs. You have to exceed customer needs. When you exceed customer needs, customer not only they feel satisfied, but they feel delighted. And customers that feel delighted are the customers that say, I love this product. I love this company. They use the word love, which is so true. They love so much that if the company make any mistake because the, their needs were exceeded, customer might even forgive this little mistake. Mm -hmm. And they might even recommend this company to others. Why? Because they feel that their needs were taken into account. They were not met on a basic level, but they were met, they were on a very high level, they were exceeded. So many companies go for the basic, and also many companies are ungrateful. When companies are selling, selling the traditional way of selling products, they try to um, get the deal as soon as possible, one-off transaction, one-off introduction, instead of focusing on the relationship. You have to build relationship with employees, but also with customers. Customers are the one bringing profit to a company. How you do you how do you build this relationship with customer? First up, establishing different what we call touch points. Touch points is the different interaction between a company and customer. For example, customer can interact with the company by checking the company's website. This is one touch point. Customer can interact with the company by calling the company on the phone. Second touch point. Customer can also go to the shop or the store and see the product in person. Third touch point. All these touch points should bring about positive emotion to customers. This means that customers shouldn't feel that they have been deceived or they have been mistreated or they have been disrespected or they have been uh, dismissed. Customers should feel acknowledged. Customers should feel value because they're bringing their money, their time. They're voting, they're voting their time to, to analyze the product in some cases to buy the product. They're spending their money. The worst thing that the company can do is dismiss customer in any of these touch points before, during, or after sale. If the company dismiss customers, this customer will feel regret, will feel like a bit of uh, revengeful, and might even try to uh, get some refund or uh, return the product. And if the customer doesn't feel satisfied at that moment, might even leave negative reviews. This is a customer that will push potential new customer away from that company. Yeah. So building long-term relationships is so important because you're not only caring for these customers a lot, they need to be cared, but also you are caring for new potential customers that are about to come. When you care for customers, the current customer, they are more likely to recommend your company to new customers. When you don't care for the current customer, they not only will go away, but also they will push other potential customers away. Am I clear with this? So it's so important. Yes, very much so. Very much so. I love your passion. <laughs> love your passion and just speaking about this. It's just amazing. So I, I have, we're up against it here, but I'm on, we got one last question for you. And it goes something like this. I have access to all of my guests. And it goes something like this. People see you, they hear you now, and they're, you know, they're inspired by what you're saying. And they might have similar goals and similar interests as you are. We're trying to help companies you know, reform, reframe the culture. Uh, of their companies and they want to do what you're doing, Bruno. Okay. They want to be just like you in, in a sense. So can you tell them, and I'll put you front and center, can you tell them how they, and maybe one of you tips or what you what you feel, what you okay. need to say to them, 
how they can be an authority in this space. Very important. Two actionable tips. First up, if you are working as a CEO or you are working as an employee or you are working as an advisor regarding companies, you have to be more generous. Generous means focusing on others. Don't focus so much on you. The only way to be compassionate is being more generous. This means that you have to serve others, add value to others, build relationship with them. Being more generous can be in two ways. You can give tangible things. For example, if you are a, a, com, a boss, you can give some bonus to your employees when they're working hard, but also you can give intangible things, what cannot be perceived by senses. For example, if you are a boss working for a company, you can listen to your employees' complaints. If you are a boss working for a company, you can give these employees some advice. You mm. can give some technical support. So you can give Uh, tangible things and intangible things. This applies to customer, employee, community members, and also business partners. And also the second tip, actionable tip, try to be more grateful with all people that you're working with. Uh, everything is like a team effort. A company cannot succeed without employees. A company cannot succeed with customers. There is an interdependence between company, customers, employee, community members, business partners. By being grateful, you are acknowledge the contribution from different people that are adding value to your company. Being ungrateful is the worst thing that you can do. Why? Because when you're ungrateful, people feel resentful. People feel like, a, in some cases, they feel unacknowledged and they tend to withdraw. They tend to not to cooperate. Remember the law of reciprocity. When you are grateful to others, when you appreciate their effort, they tend to contribute more. They tend to be on board much more unconditionally. Instead, when you do not appreciate them, They tend to withdraw. They tend not to cooperate. So being generous and being grateful, there are two actionable, simple steps that you can take. Even if you are the CEO, you are an employee, you are the janitor cleaning the toilet, you are in any role working for this company, you can use these tips in a very clear way. That's amazing, man. Great stuff. Great stuff, Bruno. Thank uh, you. I, I love everything that you said here. I hope that everyone got something out of this. That is And just major companies, just mid-sized the major company, they, they really need to hear this. So I'm so glad to get you on the show to um, to um, talk about the art of compassionate business. I love it. So please tell people where they can find you now after the show. Thank you very much. They can find me on LinkedIn. I have many followers. And also they can find me on my two websites, www.brunosignaco.com and www.brunosignaco.com humanorientedenterprise.com and if they want to know more about my new book it's titled The Art of Compassionate Business published by Ruth Leach in 2019 they can find online for example Amazon or any other website or so they can find offline any bookshop worldwide. Thank you. Great stuff. And uh, let's, let's pronounce that last name for, for people who are listening later. So Signaco, Signaco C-I-G-N-A-C-C-O Awesome. Great stuff. Hey Love to have you on here, man. Ho ho Thank you. Hope we can do it again. Um, just, just outstanding, outstanding work that you're doing. I, I really appreciate it, and I hope you, hope that we can get to do this again in in the future. Of course, of course. Thank you. I feel very honored for having been invited. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. And for everybody here, please, we're in the you know, this statistic season. So happy holidays for, to everybody. First of all, <laughs> hope you're enjoying the holidays. I know it's a, it's a, it's a, a tough time for everybody. It's been a tough year. Some some tough some there's been some, some great moments I think even in, in 2020. But happy holidays to you. 
please go to the authorityletter.com, get on the list, and we can help you further build your pl- authority platform. And, and that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Get on there. I got videos there. Uh, we're writing to you. And we're going to have some other things coming in the works in 2021. Just, just, just hold on. It's going to be great. So that's all for now. Thanks so much again, Bruno, for, for being Thank on you. here. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank um, you we shall see you on the next one. Of course. Um, um, build it, share it, and they will come. We're out. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.